Good morning, pal. 7 o'clock, Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Thanks for having us along today. Enjoyed our time over at of Craft Coffee and Beer yesterday for Mav Day. Back in the studios for a full three today. And we have another busy Wednesday show. We'll talk with Fruit of Monument boys basketball coach Michael Wells. Fruit of Monument gets Eagle Crest in the grade eight tomorrow night over at the Denver Coliseum. We'll have the game. Buckeye's going to make the trip over for that one. Pre-game at 5.15, tip-off at 5.30 from the Denver Coliseum. As Fruit of Monument squares off against Eagle Crest. Uh, should be a great game tomorrow night. And, well, I think a lot of people would say Fruit of Monument's certainly proven that they're worthy of the number one seed, wins with against Highlands Ranch, win against Broomfield. I know they'll be the front-range people. Well, yeah, they had to drive all the way over there. Well, then Refruta won over there and won, which they did on the front range. It wasn't a Broomfield. It was the Boulder County Invitational when they beat them in overtime, when Broomfield had the Wildcats down by 12 and Fruta comes back to win it in overtime, they they did beat Broomfield on the road in their previous meeting. But you're going you're gonna to hear that stuff still. Well, they had to go all the way over there. Well, so what? It's four-hour and change drive both ways, folks. If you're that good, you should have been go- able to go on the road and and beat Fruta, which nobody's been able to do so far. We'll see what happens tomorrow night when they take on Eagle Crest. Just what a tragedy that you have to play teams that are located inside the state to win the state tournament. I know. What a shock. I mean, just you, terrible. So unfair. I know like it's a new hours. part of the state that they haven't had the entire time the state's been around. We're only been in the state since teams have been good at sports that makes them come over here and they're so caught off guard that the state goes past Breckenridge. So I was trying to think about this because it's the first time in at least 20 years that a a Valley team has been in the great eight. They the last time because I I was giving us a lot of thought looking through some some old newspapers, things I've kept. I believe the last time we had a Valley team in the Final Four might have been Grand Junction when they had Lonnie Jones and Coyote and Dan Beck and Chris McRobbie, Mike Bilger, Ryan Pulsifer in that group. They got to the Final Four and lost to Denver East in, I believe, 94. 94, 95 around there. Because they got to the Final Four. But this is the first time ever in the highest, highest classification. Mm-hmm. The new, the new highest. Yeah, the new, the, new, the new new highest classification in 6A that anybody's gone this far. Of course, also, Fruit has been the only one in the highest classification to this point in time as well. But that might, I think that's the last time. I think you just found the track for the front-range teams. If, Dem, if Fruit goes over and wins tomorrow, <laughs> they're the only team over there in 6A. Well, I think you found the next track. Well, that'll, that'll be the next one. Yeah, see, they don't, they don't mm-hmm. play. Well, they've already said they don't play anybody. Yeah. Though Ugh, the lights were in our eyes. Though 
Junction and Montrose both got to the Sweet 16 of the 5A. Every team in the league qualified for the postseason. Mm-hmm. And then two of them made it to the Sweet 16. Was not a one and done. You're always get you're gonna find they're they're gonna find something. Yeah. To complain about. You're gonna find something to, to gripe about over the front range. Well, our boys thought they had to go to Fruta for two days. Well, this has been scheduled for the Coliseum the whole time. But they thought <laughs> it, and that really took them out of their game. I'm I, just I, trying I, to find the I'm trying to predict the excuse. I have heard a couple of local people like, well, it's so unfair they have to go over there. Well, that's where they play the grade eight. I mean, it's been, they've they established that a long time ago that they're yeah. going to play at the Denver Coliseum. You can't complain about that when that's. Again, on the other side, yeah. how dare they finish off state tournaments in the <laughs> state's biggest city? I know. What are they thinking? This isn't Delta rifle football with feet of snow in the way no 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 it's not so yeah it's it's a much different different situation than than that which which made a lot of sense the gall to play the championship rounds in the biggest city in the state it does amuse me (laughs) maybe it shouldn't but it does yeah all right so so text or call Nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. Oh, and then you had um, was it twenty twenty one Montrose all the way to the state title game, uh, and then lost. Maybe? Believe that is correct. That they maybe. played, they played the in the four A state championship game, and Ryan Boringer's team went, I believe, undefeated all the way to that. If memory serves me correct, we'll do some, do a quick. Uh, Double check on I'm that. I'm going to do a cursory search. But I believe that's correct back in 2021. So we've had teams that have, here on the Western Slope, that have made deep runs. Delta girls have done that in recent years. So, uh, for uh, by the way, they are going correct to... Correct on the lose to Meade in the final. And they were Rangers. undefeated, right? I believe so. That, yes. was their, that was their only loss of the season. Mm-hmm. And they lost to Meade in the state title game. And uh, they have a big uh, send-off for the Fruta basketball team today. I believe that's 1 o'clock out at Fruta. They're going to have a police escort and everything. So nice. uh, they'll, they'll send them off to, to Denver today. We're going to talk with Michael Wells coming up at about 8.20 this morning. Also the uh, voice of the Avalanche, radio voice, I should say, Connor McGahee. Avs with a 5-1 win last night as they take down the Dallas Stars and uh, Nathan McKinnon. The point streak, the home point streak now, 29 straight games. Second longest, I think, to, to Gretzky's. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, just an incredible performance by the Avalanche last night. And so uh, we'll talk with Connor McGahee about that uh, at 840 this morning. And then CSU loses in heartbreaking fashion last night to Nevada. Thought they had the game going to overtime until they didn't and lost last night to the Wolfpack over in Fort Collins. So uh, we'll talk with Brian Roth about that as well at uh, 9 o'clock this morning. Plus, we'll have around the NFL. It is, of course, Wednesday. It is a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. So if you got something you need to get off your chest today, good day to complain about it. 970-242-1340.
and uh, you have a chance to win a bottle of Talon wine. Also today, a chance to play Wrigley Field Cutter Sports Trivia and uh, win a $15 gift certificate to Wrigley Field Grand Junction's original sports bar just east of Sam Plazio Field on North Avenue. So we have a, a lot on the program this morning. Can uh, text or call in 970-242-1340. Sean Payton, we'll get into that. Some sound from Sean Payton around the NFL look, top of next hour. Look, look, right, look, look, right. And yesterday, or when when Sean did the presser, and I and I guess this is a good thing because when you do when you when you listen to audio from a press conference, sometimes you can't hear the reporter asking the question because mm-hmm. they're not mic'd up all the they're not usually mic'd up and so first it was like why does he have to repeat every question well, okay. with the broncos there's no telling whether the mic's gonna work yeah i was kind of you know i kind of appreciate sean payton saying he just or she just asked me this mm-hmm. blah 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 and here's my answer i was kind of you know what i like that that's helpful i appreciate yeah. sean payton while we might crack on him for sometimes not always being real super media friendly that was kind of media friendly. Thank you for yes. telling us what that person, and it wasn't in a Billy, <laughs> he just asked me, get a load of this. No, it was, it was very much, this is what they asked me, this is my answer. And I, Sean Payton, thank you. I appreciate you doing that. Look, you're welcome. Thanks, Sean. All right. Will, will, Look, will Kevin James welcome. be playing you in another movie down the road? Look, he's losing weight. And I'm gaining. Kevin James? Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Sean Payton's one. thicker than he used to be. And Kevin James isn't. You know, Kevin, Kevin James was on the same high school wrestling team as Mick Foley, the pro wrestler. Mankind? Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Mick Foley was a, a really interesting guy. Really, really interesting cat. It's written Good books. Written, yeah, written several books. Mm-hmm. Same high school wrestling team, those two guys. Really? Yep. Doing the real wrestling yeah, thing. Yeah, amateur wrestling. Yes, doing the real wrestling right. thing. They didn't tag team as far as I know. No, they probably, yeah, usually, yeah, high school wrestling does not have tag teams. Kevin James, though, physical humor sometimes in his uh, movies and TV shows, so he might he might have been able to make a life out of that, I guess. I don't know. But I just found that on the interwebs. That was interesting. Kevin James in the um, Comedy Hall of Fame. Where would he? It's he's hall hall of the okay. Yeah, I mean, he's hall of the better than me, I guess. <laughs> well, both of us, yeah, obviously. I mean, I've never sought out his work for him. I I did sometimes watch, he's accidentally yeah. in things I enjoy. He was in a movie where it was not a funny movie uh, about. He was like a leader of this gang or something, and there was this girl that that they were trying to capture because they saw her kill somebody, and he's like the bad guy in it. And she has all these survivalist skills and takes out all of his guys. But it wasn't funny Kevin James. It was shaved head, kind of scary Kevin James. He was, he was actually pretty good in that. Interesting. King of Queens was okay. It wasn't a bad show. I did find the episode funny where he what, had, he won like the lottery or something, but it wasn't like enough to retire on. And he hired Eddie Money for a day, the late great Eddie Money. Mm-hmm. And Eddie Money was in the episode and he was like, he took him everywhere and and he was singing 
in his living room, and I, I thought that was that was actually kind of a funny episode of it, wasn't I it? I didn't really check in a lot on King of Queens. I think I watched it because I kind of liked it. I liked Eddie Money's music, and so I like, mm-hmm. I watched that episode just for that reason. I probably watched maybe five less, five or less. King I remember Leah Romini from Saved by the Bell for the seven or so episodes she was on there. Now she's known for other Earth. things. Scientology takedown exp- yeah, exposés that she does on them, and then I have to admit I did watch Paul Blart Mole Cop. I watched that movie too, and it was it was okay. I didn't have to pay any money, and I was amused. So I, it was I all certainly right. I certainly did not pay money to go mm-hmm. see it. No, it, it was not a uh, a go buy popcorn and tickets and sit and watch it on the big screen. No, it wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. With a husky comic. I just think maybe that Sean Payton needs to, to get Kevin James to come in and fill in for him once in a while. Maybe he should do that. He should have him do a presser in the offseason, like OTAs or something, just to kind of lighten the room up a little bit. I think it'd be kind of funny if he did. It would be amusing. <laughs> Pfizer and the whole thing? Might get better answers. Maybe. I don't know. Possibly. Not have the five seconds between look. One. All right. Two. Three, Look. Four, five. So that might be better. Who knows? All right, 713. We've already been accused of bashing Sean Payton, so. This so be, why not continue? Why, I, I continue why that. Why not earn it? All right, 713, and it's time for. What's happening? And it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner at ComWest. They're, you can make one call. It's one team. It's one goal, helping your business grow. ComWest helps business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions. So ComWest is serious about your business's IT services and support. For the past 20 years, they have remained dedicated to providing business owners with the right technology solutions and services for each stage of their growth right here in Grand Junction and along the western slope of Colorado. So if you need help with cybersecurity, surveillance, new business phone system, call ComWest today. That's 970-242-8142 or go to comwestcorp.com. They'll be there, ready to help you and your business grow. All right, start things out with last night. Can you uh, cue the music for me there, uh, Maestro? I can, if you give me two seconds. The Avs' Nathan McKinnon extends his home point streak to 29 games as the Colorado Avalanche turned a Central Division home win against the Dallas Stars, picking up a 5-1 victory last night. Five different players scored for the Avs. Andrew Cogliano, Arturio Lekinen, Nathan McKinnon, Mikko Rennan, and Yoel Cravanta against his former team, by the way, in Cravanta getting the goal last night. Each putting the puck in the back of the net and the Avalanche victory last night. You know, obviously they were on a back-to-back. We wanted to take advantage of it as much as we could. You know, I thought they had a pretty good first period, but they scored first. We were able to respond pretty quickly, and then I thought all, all parts of our game were good tonight. But defensively, it seemed like we were really strong in our end, you know, on this cycle and limiting chances in the middle of the ice. And PK had two big kills. Power play gets one, so, you know, I think all parts of our game were going tonight. All right, that is Andrew Cogliano. Kivaranta, by the way. I need to get Yoel Kivaranta with the goal last night against his old team, the Stars. But uh, Alexander Georgiev, 33 saves and 34 shots. The win gives Colorado their 36th win. One behind Winnipeg and their 78th point, two behind Dallas and Winnipeg in the Central Division standings. The Colorado State men's basketball team dropped their third straight game and falling in a heartbreaking loss to Nevada Tuesday night in Fort Collins. Rams guard Isaiah Stevens had a jumper at 2.8 seconds left in regulation to tie the game at 74 all. But the Wolfpack's Jared Lucas had a half-court 
banked-in three-pointer at the buzzer to give Nevada a 77-74 victory. Stevens led the Rams at 23 points as CSU drops to 29. They're now 8-8 eight eight in the Mountain West Conference. We'll talk with uh, Brian Roth in the 9 o'clock hour. should also mention Connor McGahee, voice of the Avs at 8.40. This morning, talk about the win over the Stars last night. Broncos coach Sean Payton, general manager George Payton, and the Denver Ownership Group are in Indianapolis this week for the Combine. The Broncos have to make a decision about veteran quarterback Russell Wilson before March 17th, or the team will have to pay him $37 million in guaranteed money. Coach Sean Payton says there are a couple of things that will play a role in the decision. There's a couple of factors here. You know, obviously the cap projections came out. We're further down the road with the draft class, obviously the pro-free agents. So I would I would anticipate it being, uh, you know, within the next two weeks. Denver currently has a 12th pick in the first round of the upcoming draft. A career night for Josie Stebbing gave the Colorado Mesa women's basketball team a 77-55 victory over the Westminster Griffins Tuesday night in Salt Lake City. Stedman's 28 points off the bench. She had 8 of 10 from three-point range. Assistant coach Anna Pollard said after the game that Stedman's contribution this late in the year will be vital for the postseason. She's done this before for us in games two where we've struggled offensively, and she doesn't do that, especially in the first half. We're going in down 10 or 15. So for her to just come off the bench and just light it on fire, it's so great. And like you said, heading into the postseason to have someone that can do that, just that's just going to be the difference between winning and losing. Another double-double for Olivia Reed for the Mavericks with 14 points and 13 rebounds. Colorado Mesa's Trevor Baskin continues to play his best basketball with a 31-point performance against Westminster on Tuesday night. The reigning Armac Defensive Player of the Week shot 80% from the floor as the Mavericks defeated Westminster 105-82. to Assistant coach Kyle Boucher said he's glad the best player in the nation wears Mavroon on his jersey. The defensive player of the week was well-deserved, but what do you got to do to be the offensive player of the week? I have 12 of 15 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3, 5 of 5 from the free throw line, 6 assists, 1 turnover. Is there someone better playing better offensive basketball in the RMAC? Please show him to me because I want to see it. Kyle, I totally agree with you on that. And you also had 43 the other day. It's great that you won defensive player of the week again, but mm-hmm. how about a little love on the offensive side for Trevor Baskin? So both Maverick basketball teams host Western Colorado Saturday. Uh, that'll be uh, senior night, by the way, for the Maverick basketball teams to wrap up the regular season. Our coverage on the team, CMU Sports Network, starts at 5.15. Women will tip it at 5.30 and the men at 7.30 on Saturday night. Brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm. The Carter Mesa women's basketball team, or excuse me, the uh, Carter Mesa wrestling team sits fifth in the nation at the NWC, WWC National Tournament approaches next week with the National Powerhouse Iowa in the field, the Maverick women's wrestling team. They have an uphill battle to climb to win their first ever team title, but having 11 wrestlers in the tournament, the chance is still there. Mavericks assistant coach Marissa Gallagher says the team title's within reach, but their wrestlers still have to focus on their individual matches. If things go really well and we put four or five girls in the finals, we are in that race for a team championship. But I don't want to put that kind of pressure on the girls. I want it to just be their best performance. And I think if they just focus on performing at their highest ability, it's going to happen. And I really feel like we're peaking at the right time. The national finals start March 8th in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. The Palisade boys and girls basketball teams are well represented on this year's all-Western Slope League teams. The league champion Bulldog girls received coach of the year for the for second year head coach Don Baver and Palisade senior Chloe Simons was named the player of the year. Palisade plays Simons along with teammates Addie Ritterbush and Delaney Wright on the first team. Bulldogs Maddie Baver, Lila Lancaster, and Sadie Bunker. Honorable mention the Palisade boys had three first team selections in Hunter Howard, L.J. Bellinger, also Carter Hayward making the first team. Bulldogs Fred Moore and Lane Rapilius were honorable mention, and that's what's happening.
And it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. If you need IT help today or a new business phone system or improved surveillance at your business, call ComWest today, 970-242-8142, or go to their website, comwestcorp.com. All right, 720, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. It is a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Anything you you need to get off your chest, Buckeye? Mm, not as of yet, no. No? Pretty pretty solid right now. Okay. You're you're gonna be going on vacation soon, so you're obviously yeah. in pretty So I'm trying not to ramp spirits. up and you know. Yeah. May I ask where are you going again? I forgot where you're going. Las Vegas. Las Vegas, okay. Anything this is anything particular for Vegas? This yes, is a, this is our national bowling the, Okay, tournament. this is the national bowling yes. tournament. Okay. I, I forgot the exact yep. specific reason why you're gonna go to Las Vegas. Otherwise you do you really need a don't you really need a reason. No. Really need a reason to go to Las Vegas. All right, 721. We'll take a break and we'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network online at the team1340.com. They're a lot of fun. Oh. The Jim Davis Show. They're idiots. On Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 724. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. All right, so uh, the Avalanche get the 5-1 win last night. And uh, Dallas coming into uh, Ball Arena last night. Nathan McKinnon, just another incredible performance. Home point streaks now 29 games. And right now... He's just too shy of 100 points this season. McKinnon, a goal and an assist. One of five Avs to score goals last night. Andrew Cogliano, who you heard, and we'll bring back Andrew Cogliano in a moment, uh, also had a goal and an assist as uh, the Avs get the 5-1 victory last night. Avs coach Jared Bednar telling the post, lots to like. We were committed to our defending game, won the special teams battle, and Georgie was outstanding last night, stopping 33-34. Dallas scored the first goal of the game, then the Avalanche rattled off five straight after that to get the victory last night. Uh, you heard just a little bit ago, Andrew Cogliano, bring him back one more time. Andrew Cogliano, I think, sums it up pretty good about how the Avs played against the Stars last night. You know, obviously, they were on a back-to-back. We wanted to take advantage of it as much as we could. You know, I thought they had a pretty good first period, but they scored first. We were able to respond pretty quickly, and then and I thought all, all parts of our game were good tonight. But defensively, it seemed like we were really strong in our end, you know, on this cycle and limiting chances through the middle of the ice. And PK had two big kills. Power play gets one. So, you know, I think all parts of our game were going tonight. And he's right about that. Dallas played the back-to-back. Dallas lost in overtime Monday night. So, Colorado rested at home, ready to go. And after giving up that first goal, they were certainly uh, ready to go with the the five straight goals last night. Yeah, they kind of scored in bunches. And I think that's the thing that frustrates fans the most about the team is, like, they played pretty good last night. I don't think they played great. I don't know if they played to the peak of their potential, every guy on that bench. And they still beat a team ahead of them in the standings 5-1. to one. That's the thing that's so frustrating about the Abs is there is such a high ceiling for this team that when they come out and they lose 6-3 to three and they lose back-to-back and they lose 4 out of 5, even if it's they're on the road, you feel like the expectation is 
they're better than almost every team they step on the ice against. And they showed last night that they were significantly better than Dallas. Dallas is ahead of them in the standings by two points. You know, the Avs have one more win. Dallas has gone to overtime more times. But the Avs are significantly better just at the tail of the tape. And it showed up last night on that five five unanswered goals. And they put away the Stars kind of with ease. And like Cogliano said, special teams were outstanding last night. On, on the PK, they scored a power play goal. And and when you watch this team, that, that is the maddening thing. When they go out and play like this, and they are that good at home. And that's what frustrates you about a game like the other day. They, they blew the two-goal lead against Toronto and, and lost at home. But uh, for Nathan McKinnon... Uh, owns a franchise record for season opening home point streak now. Um, Can it? Is it still technically season opening, even though it's almost March? I, I that's how they that's how they describe it. I I don't know it's if like, you can really. Yeah, the Avs are off to a good start in with twenty two games left. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky had a forty game run from eighty eight to eighty nine. That's the longest scoring streak. Since the start of the season. Now, the McKin- question is... McKinnon is, did, McKinnon is now sixth all-time, by the way. Did he sit the last game of the season? Because there's only 41 home games in a season. What happened on the last one? Could Gretzky have gone the entire season scoring a point at home and just chose not to? I do not have that answer for you. I wish I did, but I don't. 89, you said? 88-89. Uh, I'm going to go look because now I'm interested. 40-game point streak to start a season. 40-game run is the longest scoring streak to start the season. And there's only 41 games at home. Yeah. That's the interesting part. We'll do some deep diving on that. Do a little digging on that. Because hmm. that'd be interesting to know how did that play out. Yeah, so oh, they only played 78 games that year, so maybe he got all of them. It looks like he got points in... All of his home games that year. We have text from Scott Ells. We're going to get to Scott's text, former Central softball coach. Mm-hmm. He said he thinks the Central girls made it to the Final Four in 08-09. That does sound 08. right. They absolutely okay. did. I looked that up. Okay. Actually, 09, I believe. So, for the, But for the boys, though, mm-hmm. I think you have to go back to Junction when they got to the Final Four. And then before that would have been Central, well, obviously, Central, obviously, when they yeah, went all the way to the state championship right about game. about Junction. He is right about Central. Like they're the last team to get to the. That would have well, been not grade eight. Last team to do that was Fruta four years ago. Yeah, with Michael Wells. So this is actually Michael Wells' third grade, grade eight, eight appearance as a coach. Two mm-hmm. with Fruta girls, and now the one with the Fruta boys. But last boys team from here, I believe it would have had been the '94 Junction boys. But that group, as I referenced with. Lonnie Jones and Mike Bilger. Mm-hmm. Oh, should have beat Denver's. I can only get back on the Chassa website to like 97. Yeah. I believe that was a final four appearance, though, for Grand Junction that mm-hmm. year. Uh, let's see. We got a text from RJ and Delta. Jim, Sean Payton really doesn't want Russ as a starting quarterback from this point uh, forward. I'm not sure of the factors he has to weigh other than who are they going to draft as his replacement while using Stedman as a bridge until the replacement is ready to compete? Or maybe 
He'll bring in his boy Taysom Hill. He might bring Taysom Hill in, but everything we hear about that is more Taysom Hill doing what Taysom Hill mm-hmm. currently does, which is play slot, H-back, would be and could be their emergency quarterback. You're more likely to get him to bring in Jameis Winston to play quarterback than Taysom Hill. Probably. Might be able to get both guys. That'd be fun. Uh, from Dylan, and we didn't get into this. He said he, with Brandon Marshall that he tore his lat in 2022 week four against the Raiders. If that happened, why the hell was he playing? He can play quarterback, but he doesn't seem to command lead the offense. There's a difference. Have no clue. It'd be a better option right now, though. So that's the thing. It's, it's not that we it's not that we just love Russ and that we're just unapologetic in our love of Russell Wilson. We see the warts. We see the weaknesses. Right. You have to be realistic about the situation they're in. But you have to evaluate where they've been and what's going to be better then. What do you have out there that's better than Russell Wilson at this moment at your disposal? Patrick Mahomes isn't sitting around out there. C.J. Stroud's not available. Who's be- who's going to be better? Josh Allen's not available. I mean, if you got if you got Josh Allen available or Patrick Mahomes or C.J. Stroud, okay, mm-hmm. then yeah. then then sign me up for that. And Russ, good luck wherever you go. Have fun. I was none telling of those you- guys are an option though at this point in time right. for this team. I was telling you this off the air. I think it was Monday. Peyton Manning, when the Broncos won the Super Bowl, was pee-pee-poo-poo as an offensive player, stat-wise. was very much caca. The, the, the final year was not a great year, and that was a big year where Brock Osweiler mm-hmm. kind of helped. They, they leaned on their running game, an incredible defense. But Peyton Manning and, was nearly 12% of the salary cap when it came to his cap hit. And that's what he also, that's with him taking a haircut. Mm-hmm. Remember, he did that yeah, for the he Broncos. Did. That was the low water mark for Peyton Manning. So far, Russ, now next year's different. So far, Russ's high water mark has been less than 10% of the salary cap. He'll be 13 and change next year, but the cap is also going up. So he's accounting for less money on the cap than Peyton Manning did when they actually won, which... If you give Russell Wilson the defense that Peyton Manning had and a number one and number two wide receiver that Peyton Manning had, maybe the story's different than eight and nine. That's this, this, that's where our defensive Russ comes right. in. This team is probably with that with that talent is is probably mm-hmm. is at least playing in the AFC championship right. game. Ugh, Russ, he just makes so much money. He needs to be so much better. It's it's not about Russ specifically. It's as we've talked about. It's about the things around him, mm-hmm. the lack of weapons around him, an offensive line that's not great, even with the money they've infused into free agency, McGlinchey powers. Right. And a defense that, let's just be honest, at, at times last year was extremely disappointing and got trucked by the Dolphins. If you give Russ the things that Peyton Manning had and Brock Osweiler had or a decent running game, with mm-hmm. the, with what the late Ronnie Hillman and uh, CJ and, and, and what Anderson, right? Yeah, pretty good running game. Mm-hmm. Tavares Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. Yep, yeah, good good receivers. Julius Thomas. I, they actually no, had they, a useful tight end. 
they had, oh gosh. Um, I thought Julius Thomas was on that team. No, not on, not on that not on that. He was team. on the record team. Yes. But he was not, you're right, he was not on the 2015 team, which I don't remember who that was. But they had a useful tight end. Uh, that was the Niners guy, Vernon Davis. No. Wasn't it? It was not. I thought it was. Oh, gosh. Oh, he- Vernon Davis was on that team. He was the eighth Every, lead. Owen but, Daniel. But, Owen Daniels. That's right. Owen Daniels, what, uh, Ravens? Yeah, I believe I so. For Owen Daniels. They're no Texans. Vernon Davis did win a ring with the Broncos that year, though. He but he, but he wasn't much that. of a factor. He was a, he was a non-factor. It was That's Owen not Daniels. Because Owen, Owen Daniels had the big the big playoff run. Mm-hmm. Had had the really good AFC yeah. Championship game. That was the Manning last game well. he played. Yeah. I was like, I was like, gosh, who are we talking about? So yeah, Owen Daniels. Yeah, it wasn't Vernon, Vernon Davis. I knew he no. was on the team. But give him 2,000-yard receivers and a 500-yard tight end. You might have something different as a result. And the best defense in the league. None of those things exist in Denver right now. They just they don't they don't. You can you can't sit here. And that's where I, I have a problem with everybody. They're just so close. No, they're not. They're not that close. Did you watch that defense last season? No, they're not. Mm-hmm. But we and we said it every week last year. Russell Wilson was a problem for the Denver Broncos. He was not the problem. And people are making it out to be like, oh, he just he's taking up half of our salary cap and he's not doing anything. Eh, you don't like him and that's fine for whatever reason, whether it's justified or not. But also, let's be realistic. Let's be honest with ourselves and each other that he was not the biggest problem for the Broncos last year. He's the biggest paid player for the Broncos. That does not make him a number one problem. And are there areas that were problems with Russ last year? Yes, absolutely. Not, not going to sit here we'll and talk about it every week. About he was a problem, not the problem. Not the problem. You have to look at the other areas that have been or areas of concern for this football team. Dopey face Vance Joseph was the biggest problem yeah. for the Broncos last year. And even when they went on the run, like we talked about, the five-game winning streak, forced all the turnovers, that that ultimately that defense wasn't good enough. And the spark that Jared Stidham was supposed to be was not a spark at all. You got same as. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I both agree. If Denver had a great viable option... I said, say Josh Allen was a free agent or any of the other guys we talked about. Okay. Or you could get, I'd even take Kirk Cousins. Sean Watson's probably available for the right price. (laughs) No, thanks. If you could get Kirk Cousins on the cheap, somehow you could get Kirk Cousins for not two years, $60 million, Mm -hmm. most of a guaranteed. I would entertain that because he fits what Peyton wants to do better than Russ. I'd be okay with that. I could live with that, but not for that price point. And not where and not where Kirk Cousins is in his in his career in terms of his age, and an Achilles injury. It's give me a better option. You can't tell me that the Bo Nix is going to be automatically better than Russell Wilson. We don't know that. We don't know that Caleb Williams would be better. We don't know that. You're you're investing in a, in a rookie quarterback where it's fine. Keep Russ, draft a quarterback. 
Because I think you should. You absolutely mm-hmm. should draft quarterback. Draft quarterback and see where that takes you. Because I don't think he signed up. Jared Stidham's a fine backup. He's not a starter. And this whole thing of, well, Stidham's going to be the bridge guy. They'll draft a quarterback. Is that really what you want? If you think your team is on the cusp of con- uh, of being a playoff team and contending in the AFC, which I don't think the Broncos are at this point, you think Jared Stidham's going to be the guy that gets that done for you? You're going to be able to wait around a year to see if Bo Nix can develop or Michael Penix Jr. or whoever? Which also means you're going to have to probably trade up to maybe get one of those guys. I don't know if they'll be... Maybe one of them will fall through to 12, possibly. Do you have the capital or assets to move up is also the question. Because it's going to be giving up a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. And are you willing to do that? Are you so sure that one of the guys that's there, Drake May, whoever, is going to be the answer for this team? It's going to be better than Russell Wilson. Because I know people don't like to hear it, but they're, they can say whatever they want now, but when you backtrack from 8-9 and nine because you have a rookie quarterback and a bad defense next year, nobody that says it now is going to be like, well, you know, it's worth it for getting out from under Russ. No, you're going to be just as mad, but it's going to be directed at somebody else because did not meet expectations of undefeated Super Bowl and nothing else. Even with a rookie quarterback. Right now, you might be like, we got to get rid of Russ. Well, you're going to be in salary cap hell for two years. And what are you going to do at quarterback? And you're probably going to only win you're, five or six games. You're, you're, yeah, you're still you're still going to be stuck with the dead money. Right. And then it's like, well, why can't this team do anything? It's such a, you know, they've brought dishonor among my family for this wretched season they've put forth on the table. It's like, well, no, you asked for this. To get rid of Russ, this is what was going to happen for two years. Your your best option to me is you you identify a quarterback that maybe is in the second round, a guy you think can develop, maybe the, the guy from Tulane, somebody like that you feel like you could bring in. You keep Russ, which I don't know if you can now because of what you've already done. You've already you've already messed this up right. by benching him. Sean and, Payton and standing our, back there with a torch as the bridge burns in the background. Like, what do you mean? What'd I do? And and then try to improve this team in the other areas that need where their improvement is necessary. Tight end position, offensive line, defensive line, another corner. Mm-hmm. Wide there's, receivers, there, tight ends. There, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of needs for this team still. Do we say offensive line? I said offensive line. Well, offensive line again. Because <laughs> it's not good. Like, there's so only so many times you can kick the Garrett Bowles can down the yeah. road. And, and Pyle, I, we say this. Give us a better answer. Tell me who's going to be better that they can afford right now. Mm-hmm. That's immediately going to, you know, is going to be better than Russell Wilson. He's like, automatically, it's going to be better. Crickets. There's because there's, there's, there's not a realistic option out there. Think Ryan Tannehill's going to come in and be better? Sam Darnold? Again, gets... Joe Flacco, uh, he's available. <laughs> Jameis Winston. Like, Kirk right. Cousins is going to be a free agent, sure. Is he going to be better and cheaper than Russell? Wilson? No. Could be better, 
because I think he'll fit Peyton's mm-hmm. system better. And but he's you're going to have to pay for that, or you're doing this again in two years. Yeah. Or next year. Kirk Cousins going to get a three, four-year deal? Probably not. Probably two-year deal. Is it going to be a two-year or a one-year show me? Probably. But it's going to be pricey. Like we said, it's going to be about two years, $60 mm-hmm. million. Dollars. That seems to do be, this again. And, and it's, the majority of that deal is going to be guaranteed. Are you ready to mm-hmm. put yourself on the hook for that? The pooch was really assaulted by the Penners when they gave Russ an extension side unseen. Yeah. Oh, so we got one from, I believe this is the Guru. I really hope uh, Smug Tinyfoot and the Broncos release Wilson. When they go 7-10 and 10 next year, he can look in the mirror and blame himself, but he won't because he always looks for a scapegoat. Just ask Greg Williams. I can't root for the Broncos until Peyton is gone. I, you know, I was wondering for two or three sentences who Smug Tinyfoot was. <laughs> I picked it up by the end. Yeah. Cody, uh, they say Jordan Love is going to get $48 million a year this offseason. There's no way he can get Cousins for 30 That's kind of our point. The, you know what I mean? He's, he's too expensive. Yeah. You can't afford him. That's the problem. For RJ and Delta listening 102.1 FM, there's no viable solution for quarterback other than Russ at this point, but Sean Payton is too stubborn or stupid to realize this. I agree with you guys. Russ was not all the Broncos' problems last season. Going from James over at Cutwater Craft mm-hmm. Coffee and Beer. Good morning, James. Good morning, gents. If we are, in fact, miles away from being a contender, we need to just draft a quarterback and build it from there. Great show. But that's what we keep hearing, James. This team's close. Yeah. This team's close to being a playoff team. Close to being a contender in the right NFC. There. Right there. We're right there. Where is right here exactly? Better than before. Right. Eight wins. That's good. Like, you're good. not in the express lane. Lost some close games. Okay. Right. You're not also burning on the shoulder. So you're kind of, you're on the road somewhere. This team but- is better. But it's not good enough at this point in time to be a, an AFC contender. Does not. We bash on Sean Payton a lot. I do because it's fun, and he also brings it on himself. But you could tell last year this team played under a competent head coach. They were much better in they terms of offensive efficiency. Yeah, we say what you want about losing close games, but they were in games. Can't say that a lot for the last five or six years that they were in a ton of games. You know, they lost maybe last last drive. Two, two drives deep in the fourth quarter, lost by a point, lost by two. You could tell that there's Hung in Kansas City. They had a shot at winning in Kansas mm-hmm. City. Didn't happen. But then we, beat Kansas City at home. Right. We may not agree with what he's doing. We may not think it's always the right call. But at least there's somebody there that knows what's going on. We may not always agree with Peyton, but there is. there feels like there's an adult in the room now. Yes. Sean Peyton is the adult in the room. We may not agree with how he handles the situation, but they did beat Buffalo on the road. They got four turnovers in that game. That helped, but that's they, a game they, they last year. They beat a Minnesota year. team that was red hot at that point in time. Those are games two years ago they lose. Absolutely. In 2022, totally agree. under Nat Hack, they lose. Absolutely. They are better with Sean Payton there, mm-hmm. but there are things you still have to you still have to question some of the decisions that Sean Payton makes. All right, 7.46, and it's time for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. 
Here's what uh, buzzer beater Palooza last night. Uh, yeah, so not able to find Brian Roth's sad call of the uh, CSU Rams buzzer beater. So we're going to go to the NBA. While the CMU Mavericks were winning in Salt Lake, the NBA Mavericks were losing in Cleveland. Do you want the agony or the ecstasy first? Give me the ecstasy. The ecstasy first. This is Cavs Radio. Leave it to inbound, just to the left of the Cavs bench. All we need Leave is a deflection. Pass deflected by Mobley, but grabbed by Doncic. Doncic bounced underneath the PJ, and he laid it in with 2.6 to go. Cavs out of timeout. Struce into Mobley. Back to Max. Half-court shot. Good! Good! He hit it! Cavs win! Pandemonium at the Fieldhouse last night. And then on the other side of that, with every winning buzzer beater, there's a losing buzzer beater. Leba will take the ball out of bounds. I love this guy. <laughs> love it a lot more if they make a shot here. Deflection! And Luka comes away with it. Six seconds, five seconds, underneath. Washington, 2.6 to go. They're out of timeouts. Dallas leads by one. Mobley, Struce, Haheem. Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, no! Max Struce, I don't believe it. They got to review it. Yeah, it's not going to help. Struz hit it so change anything. 60 feet. Absolute heartbreak sitting. That's as good a losing call as you're going to get. That I is think. pretty good. That's pretty solid. And I can't remember who does the Mavs radio, but that's pretty good. The the oh no seals it too. I love it. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Max Struz with the 60 footer. Bang. Cavs win 121 to 119. Yeah, that was that was a great call. And last night for the Colorado State one, the fact that the kid who hit it from essentially the same spot as the one in Cleveland, near side on the backcourt side of the midcourt stripe, he missed the free throws to make it available for the Rams to go down and tie it in the first place. Yeah. He clanged a pair of freebies. Chuck Cooperstein, by the way. Oh, does the Mavs? That's the Mavs guy. He was fantastic. That was great. That was a great call. And so then Isaiah Stevens goes down, hits the jumper. Then they hit the buzzer beater. And that's all she wrote. And Brian Roth will talk about it coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, 749. We'll take a break and come back with more on the Jim Davis Show. It's your morning sports and more. It's the Jim Davis Show on the team. Welcome back, 752. Wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Somebody's going to win a bottle of Talon Wine today, and they have the perfect wine to pair with whatever you're taking off the grill, pulling out of the oven. Scott on the text line today, I wonder if the Cavs rushed the court. They did. LOL. They did not. They've been there before. They have They have a banner. You don't tend to see that in the NBA, do you, rushing? No, not really. That's, not, that's college basketball. Because there's one thing I don't want to see if I'm a fan running wildly on the court. That's Luca or Kyrie swinging wildly. Like, nope. Nope. Uh, I'm good. Those are some big guys. Yeah. No, no you don't want to Even be, Kyrie uh, is a large human by normal standards. Exactly. And I'm good. Spe- speaking of court storming, Coach Crab had it for it. Good morning, Brett. Uh, the team idea for court storming, pay the offensive and defensive line 100 bucks a game to meet at the end line. As time runs out, they form a tunnel for the team trying to get off the court. That'd work well, except in Colorado, their line couldn't hold anyone out. Ooh, ouch. 
but they've beefed it up. They've they've hit the portal and see. I they, think what you're what Coach Crab is saying has some weight because the Buffs' offensive line lets the opposition go wherever they yeah. want. So it's perfect for them to come on the court, let the opposition basketball team get off because they're not going to stand in their way. Or they could be on the baseline and hold everyone back for 10 to 15 seconds and let them through. 15 seconds of work for 100 bucks. Or they get, uh, was, it, was it Game of Thrones? Hordor. Hodor. 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 Get a bunch of Hordors. Yeah. Uh, is, it, is it too too soon for spoiler alerts on the original Game of Thrones? No, I don't think so, no. If that you scene where he dies... And it therefore it explains, explains the explains why he is such a mind. You know what? Yeah, you should because go it doesn't make sense the first time. Or you're like, wait, hold on. And then it's like, oh my, like, okay, oh. now yeah, I get it. I understand why he, yeah, why he said that. I'm like, oh, that's time travel. Like, oh man, poor Brand killed the cat, killed the guy. Before, didn't even yeah. know it. Didn't even know it. Bran was a mind. Bran you know Stark. What, I don't. It's, yeah, is he secretly the villain of Game of Thrones? He kind of is because he does nothing and a lot of people die for because, him. Yeah, because of him. Yeah. Even though he is, he does get pitched out of a castle. But he wasn't supposed to be up there in the first place. That's true. His mother told him not to and climb he was up there. seen something he shouldn't, shouldn't have seen. been. No yeah. one should have seen. No one, no, no one should have seen. That was the <laughs> first moment I'm like, oh, this show's different. Oh, <laughs> this, this, this has a different take, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> Some family love there. Yeah, but he shouldn't have been up there. He shouldn't so have been up there. That's kind of so his fault too. So from the too. beginning, it was all Brand Stark's fault. Yeah, you're not chucked out of a tree if you're not in the tree in the first place. It wasn't Daenerys. It wasn't Jon Snow. It wasn't anybody nope. else. It was all. It's all Brand Stark. It's all Brand Stark. All right. <laughs> Don't go up there. Okay. Roll credits. That's it. Show's over. All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back with hour two. It is one about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Text or call us 970-242-1340 around the NFL. Also for the Monument Boys basketball coach Michael Wells and Avs radio voice Connor McGahee coming up in the 8 o'clock hour.